Welcome to the College Scoops Podcast. I'm your host, Moira McCullough, and today we are talking with Lee Norwood of Annapolis College Consulting. Lee will share her helpful tips and resources for families to use during the college search process. I like being relevant and being able to be just honest and out there with my families because there's a right fit for everybody, and it's not the same fit for everybody. This is the College Scoops Podcast, and I'm your host, Moira McCullough. We focus on everything college-related, from the admissions process to where to eat, stay, and explore on and around campuses. Our guests include founders, educators, authors, and experts in the college space. Join us as these experts share their knowledge, experiences, and lessons learned to help you have stress-free, informative, and tasty college journeys. Whether it's your first or last child going to college, or you're just interested in going to a college town for a game or meal, we've got you covered. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the College Scoops podcast to get the inside scoops on everything college-related, and leave us a review. Thanks to all of our sponsors, partners, and the entire College Scoops ambassador team for helping us bring valuable content to our community. If you would like to support College Scoops as a sponsor, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash college scoops and sign up as a sustaining listener, insider, or deluxe sponsor. We have exclusive benefits for our members, free eBooks, and even a College Scoops care package. Lee Norwood is a successful entrepreneur and a published author with majors in business marketing and English from Elon University. Lee excels at connecting students with opportunities for growth that match their interests, whether it is in nonprofit and business internships, local and state connections, or creative opportunities. Lee loves helping students find their authentic voice and craft unique, meaningful essays that resonate with the college admissions offices. Lee is also a social media guru, a parent of two, and an owner of Annapolis College Consulting. Lee will join us today to discuss the changes in the college admissions landscape and how to better prepare going forward. Hi, Lee. Thank you so much for joining us today on the College Scoops podcast. I'm thrilled to be here, Moira. I mean, I've watched our journey together visually and to see two moms so excited about what they're doing and be able to stay young and fresh and hip in the college scene. I could not agree more. I have to say the first time we've been working, as you said, partnering together, talking together for the past six months, we've done Instagram takeovers. We've shared each other's stories on each other's websites. And I love that your daughter and her friends are our student ambassadors for NC State, University of Georgia, University of South Carolina, Northwestern. I feel like we're one big family and I enjoy talking with you. You have so much to offer. Every single day I look at what you do and I think, how does she do that? (laughs) So I'm thrilled to have you on today because we're going to talk about changes in the college admissions landscape and try to help parents like myself. I have a rising senior to get educated on how we can support our high school and college students going forward. So before we start, can you give us a little bit of information about who you are and what you do and where your kids go to school? Sure. I'd be happy to. I, I went to Elon College, now Elon University, and I was in the pharmaceutical world for years and years. I have two kids, and a couple years ago, my daughter needed to embark on that college journey. And we had two headstrong women who both thought we knew everything, and neither one of us knew anything. 
So we hired a college consultant and I can give you some tips on what we looked for, but we went into it open-minded and trying to find the right fit for her for what she wanted to do and where she thought she wanted to go. And we wanted to have peace in our household so that we weren't fighting all the time over what we thought was right or wrong. So we needed to get the facts. And that process was so exciting to me. I've always wanted to help people and create change and be creative. And anybody who comes from the medical industry knows that that's not exactly the industry where you are the most creative person. And I asked our college consultant if I could work with her and learn. And I absolutely love high school kids. They're in and out of my house every day. And she mentored me. And I am proud to say I bought the business in January. So we are 13 years strong. Our founder, Corey Dykeman, is still with us as our mentor. And we've grown a little bit, brought on another office. I always feel bad when I ask my kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because I didn't know until I was 50. <laughs> and here I am. What a great story. First of all, love Elon. I think I had reached out to you and Corey just as I was venturing off for a college visit. And I remember seeing Elon and then my daughter goes to Michigan. So I remember looking at Annapolis College Consulting. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to reach out to them. Two schools that are just unbelievable. I love the story that you were a mom and with your daughter, just trying to make sure that it was a peaceful, happy process. You didn't want to waste the last couple of years of high school stressed and angst the whole time. So kudos to you for starting your own business. It's not easy, especially college consulting. But you know what, Moira? If you love what you do, it does feel a little bit easier. I'm excited every day. I'm excited when I wake up in the middle of the night and think of a project for one of my kids. I'm excited to know that my daughter's thriving where she decided to go. She's at NC State in a niche program there, which is their textile program with an engineering focus. I'm also excited that she didn't love it at first. So I feel like when I talk to my clients, I've got the real deal. I have a kid who almost had a failure to launch which a lot of families go through. We had to work through it. We did end up in the right place, but you know, that first semester is hard for people. And I have a junior right now who, guess what? College isn't his thing. He's in a trade-based school in high school. He already has won some scholarship money to go on to a trade-based school after high school. And I think that that's a viable option as well. So I like being relevant and being able to be just honest and out there with my families because there's a right fit for everybody and it's not the same fit for everybody. That is so important. And the fact that we're talking today, you both as an educational consultant expert, but also as a parent who's been there and done that and seen how it has worked and worked through when it has been challenging. As you're going through this process, how do you find an educational consultant? Where do you start? How do you narrow down the focus? How did you do it for your daughter? I, of course, did it the way I think a lot of people will do it at first. You ask your friends. You ask for referrals. You ask, where did you find the best service for X, Y, or Z? And then you need to do a little bit of research. There are certain associations that college consultants are part of. Okay. One is called IECA. That's a group that I am a part of, and I went through all of their training. I love that. There's also HECA, which is another organization. There's UCLA Online, where they can get a certain accreditation. I think it's important for whomever you hire to have those kinds of backing because it also stands on a stool based on ethics. To be a part of those associations, there are certain things that we cannot do. 
We do not take money from people we refer to. We do have to always have the student's best interest at heart. We cannot promise anything to anyone other than a guide, be a guide. So I think it's important that someone has that ethical base behind them. But then I also think that, man, you need somebody who's going to motivate your kid. So there's a personal fit there. Oh my gosh. Like you want that person to light a fire within your child. This should be a fun process. This should be an exciting process. It's going to be emotional, but it's not like buying a car. It's like buying four cars. You want them to be knowledgeable, but you want them to be relevant and be able to speak to your child without you there in the room and just bring the best out in them. I think that's key too, because one fit is not necessarily going to work for each and every. If you have multiple kids, it may be where you have all that criteria, you've done your due diligence, as you said, and then all of a sudden that personality fit may not work the best for the first child to the second child to the third. So that's really good to know because it's not as if you're a success or a failure. It just is a personality. It comes down to fit. And we talk about that even in schools. Right. Schools are great on paper. College educational consultants are great on paper, but there's also a fit in what in that short time frame will be the most effective. I agree. And you know, fit comes in a lot of different forms. Also being very honest about financially where you're coming from and will that consultant be able to deal with your particular financial situation? Divorced, not divorced, can afford, can't afford, FAFSA scores. All of that, you have to feel comfortable talking with that person because it's a huge financial situation. You need to feel good about it. I think being able to be transparent with your counselor is a huge thing. And I think your counselor needs to have boots on the ground. They need to have had their feet on college campuses because now that I've gone to so many schools and our partners, we've been at over 500 schools between us, we can really talk about fit even on that level, personality fit, feel for that child as we get to know them of, do they have sharp enough elbows to be able to work at it at this school where this other school might be better for who they are and what they need to get out of it? You need to feel very trusting of them. And then you also, they need to have been there and seen the schools, and especially today where you can't go visit yourself. Do you, in your role at Annapolis Consulting, do you basically have an initial call with that parent or that student to make sure that there is that fit? Yes, I think our first 45 minutes is just to find out if we're a fit to work together. Are you going to work together well? And then you go to the next step. And we do several assessments, personality assessments. There's another really cool thing. It's called Corsava. It's a game that these kids can play either in person or online. And I love giving that to the kid. I said, print it out and talk to your parents at the dinner table about this because it's a list that the student puts together of must-haves, nice-to-haves, and no way. I've had students put financial aid in the no way section. And I don't want them to have that argument with their parents while we're all together. I'd rather them get through that over their own dinner table and have the parents level set on what the kids want. And then also maybe share with the kids, look, these are some important things to us too, whether it's distance or ability to get scholarship. So then they all come back together with a little bit of a realistic idea of where to start. Thank you for that, because I think it's important as parents start this journey with their student to understand, A, how to go about it, where to look for the resources, 
and what they should be looking for and do the due diligence. And then from your perspective, how that process starts with a family joining Annapolis Consulting for, okay, now we're, we're clients and how does that work? And the work that will go on with a student in learning more about them and what they want and parent, is there a match there? Great to know. So thank you so much for that. As you know, and you said, you're, you're currently going through the process once again, and the process is very different with your son. It's not going to be the same as when you went through with your daughter. In terms of the current situation with what's going on, and you talked about it, you alluded to the fact, boots on the ground and going with educational consultants who have been to those schools now more than ever. How important is that with the inability to visit some of these schools? I have a rising senior who now has not been on many college visits. Elon was one of them. We're thrilled. We, we were able to get down south. I know in your previous job and in your current job, you are a guru on social media. And what are some of the things that students should be doing now in terms of researching schools? That's a great question. First of all, I think that it's really important that you research yourself and know what you want. These schools have all upped their game as far as their online tours go. They had to figure out how to look as good as they can and show off their attributes as well as they can on the online tours, but it's still a marketing piece. They're very good at marketing. That's what they're doing. They're selling their school. They're going to tell you all the great things about it. I think it's really important to do a self-assessment of what you need. Do you need smaller classrooms? Do you need certain attention here or there? Do you need a strong fine arts program? Get your needs together and then try to match them with some of the schools. Now, that's a great place for, of course, a college consultant to come in because we can help you do that faster. But in the meantime, you can research schools and go a little bit deeper by looking for things that you need to have because you know who you are and how you learn. We're all at home right now. There's absolutely nothing wrong with going on to that college website and finding out who the representative is for your area and getting in touch with them and asking them any questions that you have. That representative is probably very familiar with your high school because they're for your area and can tell you a little bit about how students from your area have fared at their school. They might even be able to match you up with a student to talk to. If you're an athlete, you probably want to reach out to the coach and ask if you could talk to another athlete. It's also a great way to show that you are interested in that school. It's hard to demonstrate interest when you can't go. That's just someone that you can call and talk to that's actually there that can give you some um, answers. Other than that, you've got to do research. And the best thing that ever came into the research world is spelled G-O-O-G-L-E. <laughs> You know, that's one of the things even my son was saying, how do I learn more about that particular school? I've been on their website. I've listened to the college representative who's given that virtual talk to the class, but I still have a whole host of questions. I know that there was a lot of discussion on make sure that you follow them on Twitter, you follow them on Instagram, because I think, especially in this time, you learn a lot about schools and how they communicate and their culture via online. It is huge. And big thing for me is making sure that a student is going to get there and thrive in that first semester. It's the hardest. It's called a W. You start at a high, you get real homesick and you kind of fall down and then Thanksgiving comes and you kind of peak up like the middle of a W. You think you're great again and then sometimes they fall down again and then by the time they come home for Christmas and the holiday break, they're back up. 
what happens during that W? What services does that school have that can help those kids? And a great example, University of Tennessee has blown me away with watching what they do from a mental health perspective. It's so cool. I see firsthand what NC State does because of my daughter going there, but I do try to look into that piece of it because every school has 5,000 hashtags and tons of different Insta accounts. I do think looking at the housing account seeing how the whole resident life piece falls in is very important. If you are into a certain portion of the school that you want to go to engineering or that follow that account. So you can see how that goes, but also really follow student services because it'll give you a great indication of how well they're going to take care of you when you're there, your freshman year. That is advice I have not heard before. And I'm going to after the call quickly go on (laughs) and start following some accounts. You have been there before too. So not only in your role as an expert in the field, as a parent, you went through where your daughter was not as thrilled. I think I say to my kids too, as a parent, you didn't love high school on the first day or the second day. You didn't love it every day. You were there for four plus years. Is that some of the conversation that you had with your daughter and your clients to say, expectations are X. And when you run into difficulty, these are the people's services that you can talk to. Yes. And it's a completely new and different conversation than any of us had when we went to college. Social media leads to so much more FOMO. Fear of missing out. Are your friends at this other school? They look like they're having more fun than you are. That could be scary. You're learning to feed yourself, do your own laundry, all of those things that I don't think they realize are such a big life change. But I do think social media has been, I don't know what the word is, but I think it has sparked a lot more angst in Generation Z than it ever did for us when we went away to college. I agree. It's just comparing. Everybody's comparing to this and to that. And you know what? I call it fake book. I can make it look any way I want to. In so many ways, it has helped us. But in other ways, it has really hurt us. And I think actually, given the current situation, being at home and Technology has actually been good. We're using it for what it's supposed to be. And I hope that as we come out of this, the younger generation and our kids may value that face-to-face connection a little bit more than they may have in the past. Making sure that you have the resources, you know who to go to when you arrive on campus, that freshman orientation, and or if you're not arriving on campus right away, who to reach out to for that support. And we always share with our kids. Your RA, they're not your boss. They're not authority figure to be afraid of. They are someone to be embraced. They chose to be there and in charge of a hall. They are a comrade. They're there to help you get through college. They're there to help maintain your residence hall so there's some sense of order, but they're also there to be a friend and a guide and a mentor. And we really suggest that you embrace your RA. I was an RA. The best friend of my life is still one of my little freshmen who came in when I was a sophomore. We were friends for life. You know, you can start right there on your hall and then you can move from there. And there's no stigma anymore about going to health services. That's been a beautiful thing with all the mental health matters. They're there and they've got a lot of ways to help you as an individual person, but also if, again, I'll go back to University of Tennessee, they call it the red zone, and it's between when you get to school and Thanksgiving. During that red zone, that's when a lot of firsts happen. It might be your first drink, it might be your first date, it might be your first C, right? You're getting a grade. They are out there during the red zone with 
great booths and giveaways, these great shirts that say stuff like kiss does, it doesn't mean consent. And all the kids are wearing them and they're in these great colors. And it's just a very safe feeling like they're there saying, we know you're going through all of these things and we're here and we're going to put it out, even if you're not going to put it out there. You don't realize how valuable that is until you're in the moment. And then you realize to your point, it's not because of a certain event. It's just happening all the time. And to your point, so many people are using it that it is not, as you said, the stigma. And it's not as if, oh my gosh, what are people going to think if I reach out? On that point, when you're looking at a school, you want to look at their retention rate of freshmen. If they have a good retention rate, say 90%, that means 90% of the freshmen came back sophomore year. That means they took good care of their kids. There are very few times where a low retention rate would still be okay. And sometimes to me, that's in like really highly selective majors where, you know, like if you don't pass organic chemistry, you're out. So I can see how a retention rate wouldn't be quite so high for that. But in a school overall, you want to look at schools that embrace and take care of their kids, especially the bigger schools. It's harder for them. There's more of them. So that retention rate is big and the four-year graduation rate is big because colleges only have to post their six-year graduation rate. And the last parent I talked to didn't want to have to pay for six years. Talk through that a little bit more, please. So colleges, when they report their graduation rate, it is their six-year graduation rate. You need to ask what their four-year graduation rate is. That's two extra years that you're not really preparing to pay for. As a parent, I certainly didn't save for that. So you want to know that schools are also there to be able to get your student in, educated, and out in four years. So it's a great question. You have to ask what their four-year graduation rate is. Is a great question because in talking with my rising senior at University of Richmond, it was interesting hearing the discussion about why wouldn't you take this class or can't you double major in this? All of a sudden it came out that, well, no, those guys are in there for five years. If you're at this major, it's a five year. So that addresses your particular point that one is just assuming I'm in for four, four and done. That's what I say to my kids, four and done. Right. But not if you're an accounting major, maybe at certain schools, but you need to ask the next question. Yes, the next question. You need to ask if your AP classes are going to count. You need to know if they're on, you know, Elon has a Jan term. Elon has a tremendous amount of graduates that have double majors, double minors, all of that, because they have that one extra semester in there where they can retake or take something new, they're able to add in. Some schools have a Maymester. Like where are places where we can pick up credit so that we can get out? But then you also don't want to always play down a five-year because sometimes you're out in five years with a graduate degree. There's a three-in-one at Lynn University where three years undergrad, one year, and you have your graduate degree coming out. So all of these subtle nuances that are getting ready for Generation Z, everything is more oriented around a cause, Everything is more oriented around getting them where they want to be. Everything is getting more customized. If you find the right fit, it's just amazing opportunities out there. I think you just posted something today, which I love. It was entrepreneurial. You yourself are an entrepreneur and you know a lot of entrepreneurs. I know that because you introduced us to one of your former students and family friends who graduated from Clemson and they founded Kanga Coolers. And we just partnered with them on our Instagram giveaway. Every 
posts that I see of yours, you also share and highlight and congratulate your former students who are now in college, who are excelling and engaging with their current community. And you talk about being very creative, entrepreneurial spirit. And you just posted something about one of your students launching another company. Does that come into play a lot when you're sitting with students as you're looking at schools and knowing their background? You talk about like jumping in from the get-go and not wasting two years just being there at the college. So that is a two-sided answer. First of all, Depart Share is a current junior in high school. It's one of those boys who does well at school. He's good at just about everything he does. He didn't do anything just really spectacular, and I knew he had it in him. And I kept saying, we want to make you look like a unicorn. You're one of those kids who you need to get some merit aid, which means you need to impress these schools, which means you need to do something to show them your value on their campus. Every summer, his mom has a short-term rental business. He cleans the rentals. He's been doing it forever. So we brainstormed together and said, what do you do with all the unopened ketchup and mustard that they leave or the paper towels? Like, no one wants to fly out of town with all of that stuff that they bought. And he came up with Depart Share. So it's a bag that is going to be there when you check in with a note that talks about anything that you don't use. You can leave in that bag upon your departure. And he is taking it to some of our homeless shelters and places that need those items. That is a junior in high school. We connected. We brainstormed. I was honest with him. I said, you can't be a vanilla ice cream cone. What are we going to do that's already in your wheelhouse that's going to make you proud? This kid lights up like a Christmas tree now. It's, it's amazing. If I had said that to my son or my daughter, they may have rolled their eyes and thought, I'm not going to do that. But somehow coming from somebody else, another expert, a parent who's able to engage them and kind of light the fire in them. I mean, look at that. And with COVID and what's happened and the lost opportunities that we hear about, you were able to work with a student and create this incredible opportunity where they now shine. I ask all of my students, what is your post-COVID story going to be? And it can't be that you have blisters on your thumbs from playing Xbox. And it can't be Oh, everything I signed up for got canceled. You know, it is just as impressive to a college for you to do something right in your backyard as it is for you to fly somewhere for some hoity-toity program at an Ivy League school. What are you doing that shows your values and who you are? We happen to be a waterfront community. We happen to be having some water problems. I reached out to our river keeper and he's going to create some opportunities because I mean, this is where the kids play. It's their playground. We're trying to create some opportunities for kids to make a difference right here, building a platform with our local chamber of commerce to match local businesses with our local teens because a rising tide lifts all ships. And I believe that every business owner out there needs a mentor who's younger than them and a mentor who's been there before. So we really try to have these kids be able to make a difference and feel good about it and know that they can and empower them. It's so important nowadays to have that opportunity and have that support and network when at times you're feeling so lost and underwhelmed, overwhelmed with the situation. It is. It's overwhelming. And you know what else, Moira, I have to say, some kids, their job during this has been to take care of their siblings and that is just as honorable and awesome as some of the other projects. It's how you're going to tell 
your post-COVID story and how you're going to feel about what you did. It's a gift to some people to have settled back in and reconnected with their family. So nobody's judging anything. It's how you tell the story. I was just listening to one of the admissions representatives speak about the story and about the application. As you pointed out, it's not necessarily paying to go to all those expensive camps. Sometimes the application, if it's too perfect, it's not good enough. Because there has to be a story that's weaved in through the application, through the essays, through the recommendations. And that authenticity kind of comes out through those different elements of the application. Is that what you try to convey and work with your students on? Absolutely. You know, a lot of words are overused, like this is pandemic, this is unprecedented. We want to look at you holistically. We want to know who you are, and we want to know that there is a common thread that weaves through your education. If you don't do well in science and math, then probably you shouldn't be applying to an engineering school. So, you know, like we want to weave everything through from your classes that you take to your interests outside of school. And if you're going to take on a passion project, it should probably be in your wheelhouse someplace. When do you start to work with some of your clients? When is the ideal time? The ideal time to get started will differ between different educational consultants and possibly different families. I like sophomores. I think the amount of work that we do is the same with all students. It's just how long is the runway. The runway is too long when you start as a freshman because there's not a lot for us to do except help you pick your classes. As a sophomore, it's a little bit of a slower year, but that summer before junior year, you need to gear up and get ready to rock and roll. And then junior year is a big testing year. So we just want to have you focused. And then summer of junior year going into senior year is a huge time with prepping for applications and all of those things. So I prefer sophomores. I think their maturity level is there. They figured out high school a little bit. You'll get different answers from different people. And it goes back to, again, the fit, the student, the family needs and everything. One topic that we haven't covered, and I know that you are so incredibly successful in this area too, is the need for you to help families get financial aid too and merit aid. Is there anything that you can advise them on and give advice as to how to go about that? We're going to need another half an hour. <laughs> I am actually doing a talk on how to pay for college in about a week. There are different pieces, and I think it comes down to the vernacular. You need to understand what certain words mean. Financial aid, I have no control over. It's based on what your family makes, and you have to go through that process of the FAFSA, sometimes the CSS profile, that comes back with numbers. What I do know is schools that give financial aid based on your need. Some schools do not. Some schools do. Then there's merit aid. That is the amount of money or the discount off of tuition that a college will give because they want you there, because of your merit, the things that you've done. A college consultant can help with that because we're going to push your student to do more things. Don't be that vanilla ice cream cone. Let's show them some of your values because they want you on their campus and therefore they will provide you with a discount. They call it a merit aid scholarship, but it's a discount off of tuition. And then there are outside scholarships, which I call the sprinkles on top of the Sunday. We don't worry about those in our world until you're in to a school because the most money you will get from any place for college is from the colleges themselves. That's where the money is, whether it's financial aid based, which is need based or merit based. 
but here's a story. Harvard, the Ivy Leagues, they don't get any money for merit. Why? Because every student standing in line wanting to go there probably has a pretty incredible resume and is brilliant. But if you have financial need, mm-hmm. they will meet 100% of your need. So they are very, very generous with providing financial money to kids. So that's another part of that fit, just knowing which schools give which kind of aid and how much and where can your family fit in that equation. There are so many components, as you said, they could be separate podcasts in which they are. And we bring on different experts in those particular channels because there is so much information. You said Google, there is so much information out there. It's how to distill it all down so that you can understand it and act upon it. So any type of advice that you would give to families, students who are rising seniors? We talked about getting in touch with the admissions reps. We talked about following on social media, talking with friends and alumni who go to those schools, starting off with self-reflection and making sure that there's a fit there. Any parting tips or advice that you give to someone like myself? Call me. You should work with me. I'm kidding. That, of course, is great advice, right? Call someone that can help. I don't share anything really with my families that you can't find out there on the internet other than the fact that we've actually been to those schools. But here's the thing. Please quiet the noise. Please don't panic. Just because your neighbor did X or a friend's daughter did Y, you need to work on facts. We say spread facts, not germs in this post-COVID world. You can't compare yourself to another family. The answer is always, it depends. Don't get down on yourself because you're not keeping up with a different student down the street. It is an extremely, extremely personal journey. You just can't listen to all the noise or it's gonna make you nuts. I was gonna title this, Don't Panic, because I loved your YouTube video, which we will include. Afterwards, when we post this podcast, we will include it because I just thought it was great. It was a short video. You said, don't panic. There is a time and place and we need to take a deep breath and calm ourselves. In terms of what you wish you knew before you attended college, is there anything that resonates with you? I'll be totally honest with you. And I loved my college journey. I never had a blip. I loved it. But I wish that I had gone to a Big Ten or a big SEC game before I chose where I was going to spend four years because I missed that. And and now I'm just living vicariously through my daughter. Well, you and I both. I went into my daughter's freshman year at Parents Weekend and my mouth just dropped. I thought, I have never in my life seen this type of football game ever. And you're absolutely right. It is a sight to be seen. I want somebody to root for on Saturdays, darn it. But now I have one through my college kids and through my own daughter. But that's about it. I got there. I knew it when I got there. And I made a great decision for myself. I believe there's the right fit for everybody. And if you get turned down somewhere, if you have the right list, you've got another college that wants you. And that's probably where you're supposed to be anyway. It's a hard thing to hear from a parent, but I remember my parents said that to me and it worked out and it was exactly where I should have landed and I'm happy I was there. And I found myself saying the same thing to my kids. 
And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I hated when I heard that as a student and as their son, their daughter, but it's the truth. There is a right fit and you will be happy if you did hard work leading up to that list and making sure that that school was the right fit. Lee, you are foodie. I know it because you send me pictures of the different places that you eat at throughout your college visits. Is there anyone that you think, if you ever go to this school, you have to stop in this ice cream, donut, or barbecue place? Well, I will say the Howling Cow is the best ice cream ever, and that's at NC State. But I do think that I need to go and try out some real, like, I don't know, I want to go to Iowa and eat a pork chop or something, you know? That's what I want to do. Great. That will be on my next student ambassador list for make sure that when you go there, we have the perfect pork chop waiting for you. My families love the scoops because there's nothing worse than you plan this whole college visit and then you get into town and you're standing around and where am I going to eat? Oh my gosh, where am I going to stay? And when I go to the Holiday Inn, where am I going to go? You want to be guided to, look, this is a great guest house or hotel. This is where you should stay. And look, the Angus Barn is where every family should eat when they go to Raleigh. And then you just kind of feel like you know what you're supposed to do when you're there. And that sense of peace, that combined with, we always try to hook up some of our other students with our new students as they travel through. Could you imagine being plopped down in Paris and just saying, go eat? No. You want someone to say, you need to go to the Rue de blah, 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 and order this at this place. And I think that's what you give to families. And it, it just makes the visit so much better. This is supposed to be a great visit. This is a milestone. This is second to putting the kid on the bus the first time they go to first grade. This is like that next milestone for them, and it needs to be a beautiful thing. So I think getting the scoop before you go is very helpful. Well, you know, that's how I ride. I'm all about finding that particular place because, as you said, the worst thing is we've all been on a family vacation and left and thought, why didn't I ask about that particular location? And now I'm on the plane coming home, and if only I had known to go to that restaurant and we could have had a wonderful meal. Thank you so much, Lee, for joining us today. And I know that we're going to have you back on because you have so much insight into so many other areas. So I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks. It's a fun time. Everybody jump on and enjoy the ride. Many thanks to Lee for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation and the helpful information Lee shared with us, whether it was how to go about finding an educational consultant for your student, how students can show demonstrated interest on their application, making sure your student has the support during the first semester of college, or several of the financial considerations a family should look at when applying to schools. You can find all of our show notes and links to the helpful resources mentioned throughout our conversation on our website at collegescoops.com slash podcast. You can learn more about Leah on her website at annapoliscollegeconsulting.com or on Instagram and Facebook. Please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe to College Scoops. Thank you for listening to our College Scoops podcast. Our entire College Scoops team strives to make the college journey a little bit easier, less stressful, fun, and tasty by sharing all the inside scoops we have curated along the way. We would love to hear from you about topics to cover and your ideas on everything college related. Reach out to us at collegescoops.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.